In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes I think we're afraid to actually pray. I mean, we say the words, but we hold back real hope in them. Or at least that's me. It turns into more of a checking off an obligation than finding any real comfort. It turns into everything else didn't work, so I don't know. Why not? Deep down, I'm afraid that like, if I really actually bank on this prayer and it, it doesn't happen, will people stop believing? It was hard for me when I would go into hospital rooms and pray with people suffering under stuff I wouldn't wish on people I despised. To actually pray that God would make them better because I was terrified that he wouldn't and that they would stop believing because we tried it and it didn't work. So we pray for the sick, we do, but we more often than not kind of have this feeling that we're afraid to talk about out loud like we are playing the long shot because I mean God has healed people before. I mean Jesus took the guy who was deaf and had a speech impediment aside from the crowd privately. He put his fingers into his ears and after spitting touched his tongue and looking up to heaven he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is be open, but is he going to do it now? And the I didn't know is terrifying. Because everybody knows that trite little answer about prayer that they've memorized. God answers prayer in three ways. Yes, no, and later. But that's not comforting at all. Because he doesn't say why. They call it his hidden will because it's hidden. It's a complex theological term. But it makes us say things like, God's in control, and he's totally got a plan for it, and try to make people feel better by saying that when they're hurting. But the thing is, if he has a plan, and he won't tell you what it is, it's not comforting. It doesn't make anybody actually feel better. And when you try and chase down the answers that you are never given, it only leads to doubt, sometimes even despair. But instead of looking for secret answers to take control of the situation, instead of trying to figure out how God works so that I can say something to make him work different, look to who he is. And then prayer becomes a gift instead of a burden. See, what if God actually cared about this man who was suffering in the first place? What if he actually loved him? It's a weird thought, God loves sinners, but try and carry it forward into prayer. What if... God loved this man so much that he was willing to do something about his suffering. What if it wasn't a secret spell that did it, but a sigh about what was to come? Jesus sighed, looking up to heaven, and he wasn't annoyed. He groans under the weight of miracles. He understands what this guy is going through, but more, he carries what this guy is going through. He helps, because here's the thing about miracles. Miracles are not free. They cost something. They are setting aright what sin is broke. Miracles cost something. They cost the cross. When Jesus did a miracle, every single last little one, it was a commitment to pay a debt to right something that sin had wronged. Every single time Jesus ever performed a small little miracle, it was a promise to go to the cross and bleed and die, to be made wrong where these people were made right. Every single miracle is connected to that cross where Jesus bled and died for that man back then, whose name we don't even know, but also for you. And here, God's will is revealed. He wants you to live 
You can know it because he tells you, you shall not die, but you shall live. You can know it because he bore your death upon that cross and rose again and promised you the same life. You can know it because he actually gave you, specifically you, a baptism that unites you to his death and so to his resurrection. This is God's revealed will. You will live. And so we pray based on that. Something that is already paid. Not something we are afraid won't happen, but something we know already has. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. We pray not looking for secret answers, not looking for control, but hoping to hear comfort in a promise already spoken, but repeated again and again and again. God loves you. God forgives you. God saves you. And nothing that is wrong this day can change any of those things. He has already died for you. He has already shown love at great cost. And he will continue to work. Your miracles have already been paid for. That doesn't mean you get to pick what they are. But it means that the life that God intends for you is so certain that of all of the Hail Marys that you would throw up, and that came to be, when you start treating prayer like a desperate attempt to fix what's wrong instead of looking for comfort in God who's already at work to help you. You can actually find God even now at work because his word does what it says. He spoke, be opened, so be it. He could hear and he speaks to you. Your sins are forgiven, so be it. You're holy. Take and eat, this is my body given for you. So be it. See, prayer is connected to all of that. Prayer is not about getting stuff. Prayer is about comfort. And comfort isn't in a plan we're not told about and wouldn't understand even if we were. It's a promise that God has already carried your burdens and your pains and your sins to that cross, died there, and risen again. It's a promise that he will be near to you and carry you all of the rest of the way to your own resurrection, which he has carved out of your tomb for you. Whatever is going on right now that you don't understand, know what the cross speaks for you. Christ has given us a victory. None of these things can take away. And that sounds great. It really does. But we still can't help but think that's fantastic, but it would go better with the healings also. It still leaves me praying kind of half-hearted. So we look to, be, we look to where God has promised to be found right now. We know that he is working, not just one day when I go to heaven, but right now. And that was never actually measured in the miracles. Even those fall back apart. He made a man here. You think he didn't die later? He raised a different guy from the dead. You think he didn't die again? Miracles fall back apart. I mean, they even nailed the miracle worker to the cross. The only reason we're still talking about him is because he rose from the dead. So if you want to find comfort, don't measure miracles. Measure the Lord who conquered death by dying for you and rising again. Is he risen from the dead, yes or no? If he is, God has already paid for your miracle. Maybe he just wants you to have it in a way nobody can take it away from you ever again. Maybe he wants you to live forever in the very same resurrection. Maybe you'll get it in this life. God has three answers to prayer. Yes, no, and later. I don't know which, but I do know he's risen. And so if I'm going to pray and find any kind of comfort in it, I want to look to that empty tomb. Pray for your miracles like God already paid for them.
Pray not to get stuff, but to find comfort in the God who will get you through with or without the stuff you think you need. But pray for your miracles, like God already spoke to your tomb, Ephatha. Be open. Amen.